Happy Sunday to everybody. Me and Joe Patton in the studio in Cincinnati HQ. How are we doing today, man? Big day today. Good. Good. Got the uh, match of the day to talk about. Casper Rude is going to try to capture his first big title of the season against five-time champion Novak Djokovic in the ATP Tour Nido Finals. It's going to be fun. 1 p.m. final. On our last episode, Andrew Wilson called it. She called it. She totally called it. Called the final. She took Casper Rude to win it against Novak. So she, the final is... But she called the two in the beginning it, from the start. ATP had Stephanus and Nadal. Yep. They and were wrong. Neither of those guys <laughs> made... Yeah, exactly. No, it's just pretty crazy. She, You could just tell she was confident in her picks last week. So guys, if you have not listened to that episode... One of the best episodes of the Pure Tennis Podcast regime. Angela Wilson is a legend, guys. She's one of the most influential people in my life and in really in Cincinnati tennis. I mean, what she's done for our sport in the city and in the state of the USTA Midwest region, um, amazing stuff. So check out that episode. But, guys, today we were just super geeked to get in here and talk to you guys about the matchup and a bunch more today. But Novak Djokovic versus Casper Ruud, two of the best players of the season. Novak's played, what did you say, 11 events? 11, yeah. 11 events, and I think it's safe to say, I feel very confident saying that he's the best player in the world still. Absolutely. 35 years old, Yep. playing at a ridiculous level. And it wasn't but 10 months ago that he was, you know, not person non grata, not allowed to talk about him or look at him. Right, what a goof. And I wasn't allowed to post about him on social media or (laughs) comment about him. I'm like... Yeah, because they had him locked in a hotel room. But, like, no one ever told me that you can start talking about Novak Djokovic again. It's just like, we just... It became understood. Like, yeah. just a very weird... I don't even know how now I... Now they love him again. Yeah, you had to feel the, the temperature of the room. It's like, when can we talk about Novak again? And now it's like, he's back, able to play in the Australian Open again, where yep. he should have been allowed to play this past season. Yep. Um, not sure why we decided to take out one of the healthiest guys in the world, but that is just how our world is at times. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I'm still trying to figure we it out. We were always right on this we issue. Were, we were all, yeah, it's we're, like, we're Novak. You, you're either right or you're wrong on this situation. We were right. <laughs> I'm... I'm I don't want to be controversial to start this podcast out, and I don't want you guys to turn us off if you disagree. But you go back and but listen to our podcast. We were we were correct. We put the guy in a hotel. We, we, lock, we locked him up into a tiny little hotel, like a 10 by 10 room, and like told him, like, you're, you're, like you can come into the country, but then you can't come into the country, and now we're going to lock you up in this. Yeah, and then depo- deport you. What and a wild year. And now 10 months later, yeah. we're out here talking about him again as the best player in, in tennis. Yeah. It just when they never bring it up, that's the one. No, it's thing. just we're just burying it like we yeah. do with everything else. It's like the where's Peng Shui thing. It's like it was a big deal. Everybody cared about it for a month, and then yeah, we, now we just no answers it never happened. Yeah, no answers were really ever given, and we're just going to continue to move on. And events are going to resume in China again. It's like I don't understand how we work. It's like it's the news is here, and it's a big deal for a week, maybe two weeks, if it's a really big story, and it's gone. Yeah, it's and, like it vanishes. It's, and they were talking on just. With Novak. I'm fired yeah. up about this this morning, man. It's Sunday morning. It's 6 in the morning or 7 in the well, morning now. He, he's getting his due. He should, we should talk about it because he hasn't. He dropped one set One set, no. against the best players in the entire world. Novak started this. And he's dominating. Exactly. And Novak started this whole – his career really started as the top player in the world in 2007, really. Yeah. Where he was – Trying for world number one. Yep. And he's been doing world number one or in the top five since then. And he – it's ridiculous. I mean, the <laughs> it's longevity. So, it's so insane. He looks very similar to the guy we saw in the in the late two thousands when I was when we were when I was a youngster, kind of really diving into the sport head first. And it's like 
that's still Novak Djokovic. He's still he he's a better server plus he's a better server and a better plus one ball now. Like he's got more offensive weapons in his arsenal. He looks more just as comfortable adapting to whoever he's playing against, whether it's a big server, a grinder. I mean, what he he has layers to his game that at 35 years old you should not have to like. The fact that you can tap into that type of stuff at 35 is incredible. Well, he thinks he's young too. That that one thing the that quote, you sent me. Yeah, <laughs> he's talking about. He's like, yeah, he's all like, the young players coming up. You know, like me, Alcaraz, Holger Rune. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I'm, I'm in there. He's like, we got this next, this next new uh, generation of of talent, and he's like, I'm, I'm feeling good about it. And it's like, he's, th- yeah, it's, it's psycho. He's so good. He's, a, he, he's, he's psycho. I love. It. He's possessed. Yeah, a possessed guy to to win tennis matches. Amazing stuff. I, I have a lot of respect for this guy. So, do you think he dropped? To sit to Casper today, four point seven million dollars on the line for Mister Novak Djokovic today. Let's get it. He's got four point seven because he hasn't dropped a match all year or all, all tournament long. So I feel like we get so excited in the like we do this on Sunday mornings before the finals, and we get so excited and it's like I feel like we might be blind spotting Casper. Like it's true. Casper it's true. can win this too. Like today, no. I so no- that, I mean, he's hitting amazing right now. I mean, Novak's going for his sixth <clears throat> title. He owns the head-to-head matchup with Casper Rune, three to zero. They've met twice at Rome. Right, so he has no pressure, like you said. He can just come out there and just swing out of his shoes, just and play. Hundred percent. Casper should play with n- nothing to lose, and like pretty much like he has his last two finals against uh, Rafael Nadal at, at Roland Garros and against Carlos Alcaraz at the U.S. Open. It's like you've been in two of the like you've been in the two biggest two of the biggest finals, obviously of the of the calendar. Now you're in a, you're a third with the top eight players in the world. It's like you've done everything that you set out to do. It's just go out there, play to win, see what happens, toss, throw, throw the kitchen sink at Novak and see what you can do to cough him, like just get him to trip up a little bit. But what can Casper do to take down Novak, who seems to be invincible at this point? That's tough to say. I mean, obviously Novak showed some signs of um, wear and tear. Yeah, something with or, sickness maybe. Yeah, or maybe he's sick. He's shaking. Against Medvedev, the only guy who took a set off him this week, he looked to be down and out in the second set. Medi, he was up a break, serving it out, and Novak does one of these things that he's done throughout his whole career, where he just he just goes into lockdown mode. That's amazing. And I finds thought Medvedev juice. had him too. Oh, he like, did. I just I couldn't believe that he just completely that that second tiebreaker too, just breaking him. Yep. But Medvedev, I'm super pumped for him to play that well too. Medi's dropped down to number seven or number eight. Yeah. From after being the world number one. Yeah, he hasn't. I mean, he hasn't. I mean, he won. He's won tournaments, but like he's not hasn't had big a marquee win for a while. So he, we'll we'll get back money. to Medi, but because I, I think that's another that's a, an interesting storyline there. But with with this matchup, it's like I was trying to think long and hard, like what can Casper do to throw Novak off? And it's like he's gonna have to make this the most physical match of the year in the best of three format. That can be a little bit tough to do, but he's gonna have to make Novak hit winners, and he's gonna have to make him do it for two and a half hours plus. Yeah, to, every set to make Novak feel yeah. it. Because Novak was was pretty open and uh, candid with kind of where he is physically. He's like, I'm 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 fit enough to play and compete at a high level at this level that I'm very happy with. But you know, I'm not I'm not feeling great. I'm not feeling horrible, but I'm not feeling great. And I think if you're if you're Casper, you have to hear that and listen to that and kind of that has to instill some confidence in you a little bit. Because at 23 years old, I'm sure you feel a little bit fresher than you do at 35. So he's got to capitalize on that and he's got to really lay lay a lot of legs into every point. And just fight like he always does, and he's done that a tremendous job. That's why you see Casper at six feet tall, or what is he, six foot one, just taking down all these massive servers, big guys, big guys that have a big plus one ball. And 
I mean, there is a, six there, foot, yeah. there is a little bit of argument, too, to say that Casper has to win this. There's a little pressure on him, too, because... Why? He, because he's playing in these big marquee... This is the third time this year. If you come out and lay an egg again, kind of start mm-hmm. to solidify that as that, that's the story. How, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. how you that's play fair. in these big moments. Because That's fair. I think... I think he's still young enough at this point of his career where like it's still a feat for him to to get to these type of matches. Yeah. And I think for that reason like you know it's it's really cool. 10 years ago Casper was 13 years old, had an interview that you guys may have seen on on social media and they asked him like what are your goals to be in 10 years? He said like top top 100, maybe top 50. It's an awesome interview. Check out uh Functional Tennis put it on their Instagram page. So it's sweet just to hear him for like a minute or so kind of his perspective and He's just a humble kid. He was a humble kid back then. He's a humble kid now. And he's just got the mentality of a champion. And I just love how, I don't know how honest and open he is and just seems like a normal guy. And the fact that he's into another big-time event final this year where I thought, like, I'm sure that I'm sure he's kind of get gassed because he feels like he's played every event. Yeah, there's no line. You can't say that he's not where he belongs in the rankings. Like, so people he, are kind of giving him people, yeah, cause stuff that, like, he's not really a... It just feels weird to say that he's number two when he would have up number two, but he's... and I I may have been a slightly onto that wagon, not not as much as our our buddy Bartek, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's like he definitely deserves to be a top five tennis player at the end of this year, and he will be a top five tennis player after his amazing season. It's it's ridiculous what he's done. He's played twenty two tournaments, and he's been a factor. It seems like in almost every one of them, besides yeah. Cincinnati, where uh, Ben Shelton who. We'll be top 100 yeah, very soon. Yeah. But, no, it's going to be a heck of a match. I, th- I think it goes – I don't know. Does it go three sets or do you think Novak takes it in straights? I feel like it's going to take him in straights. Yeah, I, I would I love just, to hype it up as a three-set match. I just – it's a tough matchup for Casper because he's – Novak can counterpunch. Novak can play offense. Novak can play defense. That's the counterpunching is like – I feel like Casper, when his forehand gets hot, it becomes he, – he looks like he's just retrieving ball and then he just returns these giant forehands. But, like – and that throws a lot of people off, but I don't think that that throws Djokovic off at all because he just he just turned the ball around and corners you. Yep. So I don't know if he's serving big enough and playing offensive tennis at a high enough level to really make Novak uncomfortable. That's the thing is like I don't honestly know how you make Novak uncomfortable. That's it's one of the hardest things to do in sports. I think it might be it's up there. I mean yeah. I don't know how many things there are harder to do in sports than make Novak Djokovic uncomfortable on a tennis court. He likes it. even in those tiebreakers against Medvedev. It's like he's kind of just like toying with it. I mean he, I know that he's like dying on the court. He's got so many like different he's just like you feel like he's going to win that. I used to, so Federer used to always Federer had so many tools in his bag where he could go to like whether it was a slice, drop shot, he could serve and volley, he could I mean, he could drop drop shot and lot. I mean, he had all the options, but Novak has. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like Rafa is going to beat you. How he's going to beat you almost every time. Like that, he's going to go in there with Plan yeah. A, and Plan A works ninety five percent of the time. Yep. We saw Australian Open final where Rafa was forced to change up his game plan and mix in the drop shot more than he had we'd been accustomed to seeing. But ninety five percent of the time, Rafa plays a tennis match. He's going to win the way he plays. Yeah. Novak is comfortable winning in so many different ways. And that's what and makes doing him the unexpected it, always like exactly. he's throwing you into like these weird positions where he's purposely like hitting like into your forehand to make you like yes. oh my god why would you he's like just playing like he, with Medvedev it's a, it's a, he's it's serving a mental, right into his he forehand. mentally just just breaks it yeah. it's like you're not supposed to serve into my forehand exactly. on your second serve and just yeah. blows up the head and you can yep. just see it happen but he's doing it on purpose because I feel like he's got like that house money thing where it's just like he's been good so long it's it, just, just best best mental game 
maybe in sports. I mean, you cannot yeah. break this guy down mentally. And I think the shot that did it for me was a set point in set number one against Taylor Fritz, where he, where after that yeah. b- brutal exchange, he comes up with that forehand down the line, and you're just like, God. I mean, Fritz threw the kitchen sink at him, yeah. and F- Novak ends it with a winner, a clean outright winner, just blitz down the line, and you're just like, this guy has everything. And Fritz is playing at a freaking high level. These yeah. are these are fast indoor courts. Um, six foot six guy or six foot five guy. You think sh- with a massive serve plus one ball? Yeah, I'm sh- gonna sh- guard my backhand. And he just rips one yep. down the line. All exactly. Like, oh, I didn't think you'd go there. <laughs> it's it, it's it's got to be demoralizing for, for a guy like Fritz who um, actually had chances in the second set. We saw it was a seven six seven six match. I mean, super fun tennis, but. A fan had screamed out in the uh, on the backhand of Fritz on an approach shot, where Fritz after the match said that it 100% messed him up. Um, I think that's a, that's a fun talking point for us to bring up because I I've been for- we like to give Fritz a little crap. <laughs> no, I, Fritz is Fritz has had a hell of a season. He's a great tennis player. I can't say I'm a Fritz fan. Like I don't I don't ever find myself dialing in to watch like. I, I'll watch him play because I, he's playing against great tennis and he usually plays against good players because yeah, he's no. always contending. But So I'll, I'll watch. But um, like against Felix Sajer's uh, team, I was like, against FAA, I'm like, who do I root for here? It's like, I, I, I love having, like, at the at the end of the day, I'm a tennis fan. And I like to have a rooting interest in, in all these matches. Just to, And it's usually, it's usually the underdog. And with... With Fritz, I just didn't find myself rooting for him against Ralph or against Novak. No, I'm the same with you. Which I thought was kind of weird because I'm like, he's an American. So well, like that's I, what, yeah, Bartek was talking to me about that. He's like, it's so great for American tennis to have a guy in there. I'm like, I agree. It is. I it's totally amazing. Agree it, it, I that. totally agree. With and that sentiment, we needed it. Right. But like at the same time, to get him in the semifinal, too, he amazing. Plays tennis in a different way than like all my favorite tennis players do. For so sure. It's just like, I don't have that, I don't have that game. So That's funny. I don't look at him as like I'm trying to emulate six foot five guy. Right. Like <laughs> cracking the dude. His strokes are beautiful though. I will say like he's got his backhand is smooth. Serves his nice. forehand is smooth. He doesn't like he's getting more comfortable in the front court. But going back to that his backhand, backhand is better than mine. His backhand. <laughs> his speed sir. <laughs> so Fritz got upset with the fan that yelled out and says that that's why he missed that ball and he would have. Um, lo- I mean, like, but what do you like? He said he would have loved to kind of ha- have a third set, but it's like, what do you want the the tennis to, like tennis to do about that? What can the chair umpire really realistically do? Because last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was in Paris, a fan yelled out during Novak's serve, which messed him up all the time. Yeah, yeah it, it, and it happens. I'm like, I got in a little bit of a Twitter debate with uh, Big Three Tennis account, which is one of the, one of the my favorite accounts on there. He always tweets out cool stats about the Big Three, but I'm just like. He's like Novak should have granted him a a let and a, re, a replay of point. I'm yeah, like, whatever. what? Like this happens in sports. This is sports. Like the unknown, like the the unpredictability of sports is what we all love about it. Yeah, a fan probably shouldn't yell during a point, but it's like in, in the larger picture, maybe tennis needs to adapt a little bit with the times. Like, why should someone just when they do it to Djokovic more than anybody? Exactly. You come here the, to provoke. Ex- no, like, that's like, the thing. They do he it. Gets it more than anyone. they do it to Novak more than anybody. Yeah. Like this is and like they want Novak to just give up a point that he just want. I'm like, no. And so we got it's like, uh, big three was the big three tennis account was like, you don't ever see this in tennis. I'm like, I guess you've never been to a college dual match because this literally happens on a scale way larger. Like it's like every point it happens where like you got a guy celebrating like a madman, whether it was Liam Draxel up from Kentucky last year in the NCAA tournament against Ohio State. It's like 
he's going insane and like yeah he's not trying to mess somebody up but like you know he's yelling in the middle of a point of somebody else and if that's not dist- like if those guys aren't getting distracted it's like these are professionals these guys are hitting tennis balls for 15 to 20 hours a week or whatever it is. Yeah, they've seen it. Like they've they've seen, been there. Right? Yeah, they've been there. It's like... If they haven't, then sorry. I don't feel bad for Taylor game. Fritz. I don't feel bad for that. I mean, like, it's part of the game. It's part of sports. Maybe tennis needs to adapt its um, its rules and somehow allow fans to be more of a factor because I think, in my opinion, sports are most fun when the atmosphere and the and the energy around the game matter. Yeah. And Well, that's what's so interesting about the U.S. Open because it's just always, or in the French Open too, but like you can't put a glass bubble. You can't like keep them so, like isolated from that. We're going to we're gonna continue to see the average fan be 65 years old at these arenas and stadiums if we do that. Like right. young kids don't want to go to a, and be quiet for two and a half, three hours. Like that's yeah. just not what kids are into. And get yelled It's at. like you brought your kids to the Western and Southern. They and loved they were, it. They loved it. And they were, what, what do they have most fun doing? Cheering for their favorite players. Absolutely. So it's like, and I love, and as a, I mean, I'm not a tennis traditionalist, I would say, but I appreciate and respect everything that tennis has kind of been. But I love when a young fan is cheering for their player, and it's like, what? I don't know. It's well, like, I agree with you too. Open it's, up it's the always, game a little bit, and it's always been part of it. Like U.S. Open's always been loud. I mean, people maybe not in purposefully in the backhand. Like now, I think that there's people that are worried about the betting, and that there's yep. the, the people go in there and, and I can, get that you stuff. can mess up somebody and right. get a get a game on someone, you win money and like there should be someone kind of like looking out for that and if someone's doing that like that if not, you get caught yes. with the with the cameras doing it and that you're betting on games like you should just be banned and be banned exactly 100 now i will go to the plate for the players in that regard 100 percent. like if if the players are getting exposed by this type of behavior because there's money being tossed and these guys are trying to like influence the outcome with that type of now that's a problem like like and i and i get it um, but yeah, I mean, I come from more of a, like I go to basketball games every week and it's like, I love when the, when the opponent on the, on the road is shooting a free throw I know. and the whole <laughs> cheering section is waving signs and, and banging their the, hands. Or the and, false shot clock. Yeah. I love the or, false yeah, shot clock. Yeah. Three, two. And, it's, and, there, and there's 10 seconds. Left of the, it's like <laughs> that type of stuff is what I love about sports. And if tennis can somehow find that balance, I, I would love it. Cause it's like, we don't need to eliminate the fans. The fans bring so much juice to our sport, bring them into our sport and, Make them let them be a factor. So, I I was just kind of like this. This hopefully tennis can learn something from these type of instances, and we can adapt a little bit more. But no, I mean I I I thought Fritz sounded a little bit um a little soft. Yeah, it's a sour grapes moment. Just like when Titsy Poss, you know, saying that that Rublev doesn't have any tools. Oh my, that so well, that good transition right here. That's a beautiful transition from 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 JP. No. <laughs> Guys, if you haven't watched the interview, we put up this, a snippet on our social media. Sour grapes. Check out Tennis Point USA on uh, Instagram or Tennis Point on TikTok. Guys, hilarious interaction between. So Rublev takes out Tsitsipas in a, in a fun third set match. Takes about 6-2 in the third set. So, I mean, regardless of how well you think you played or how close it was, it was 6-2. So, not that close. Tsitsipas, just a different fella. We'll just call it how it is. <laughs> Um, just a, just one of a kind type of guy. He he goes out there to say, Joe, can we play? Can we play the soundbite? Do you mind? Yeah, we'll do it. Like, Here, here's a 20 second soundbite. Player, I felt like I could do more with the ball today. Uh, I felt like I could just be much more creative. I don't even have to say that. I, I think it's quite obvious. Um, but yeah, he 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 prevailed with uh with what with the few tools that he has. He was able to 
really take advantage of them and um uh, it's so passive. So, it's I mean, so passive it's aggressive. So passive aggressive. <laughs> he says it's. He says I have. I can be much more creative, and it's. You know, I don't even have to. It's so obvious. I don't even have to say it. I'm like, I mean, you do. Have, I mean, I guess you do have to say it because your series is tied five all against Rublev. I'm not going to count the next gen finals where it's no ad scoring and facets to four, and it's a whole different format. But I'm going to count the five matchups they've met or the ten matchups that they've met where it's the, a regular formatted match. They're five and five, and for City Pass to go out there and say that, I mean. Personally, tennis needs rivalries, yeah. so I'm all in favor of, of all the trash talk. Bring it all, bring all that to the table. It's amazing for the sport. But wow, did he sound lame saying it's that? It's so lame, and I that's mean, the thing. That's that was a, so lame. Well, especially when you played that bad all week too. Right, like, you're not really like dialed up right now. <laughs> it's so, just sit there and tear into the guy that just completely crushed you he, yeah you took the first set and the guy went the guy went into a different level and you couldn't match it it's yep. like just admit call it what it is like unless you want to start a rivalry match so, so that we can talk about the best matches or best rivalry matches in tennis well, and then they talk about titty puss being like i mean he he had a chance if he would have technically i think if he would have won every single match he would have been world number one but he didn't win any match. i mean he got his butt kicked by everybody other than the no yeah, like, yeah. but like he just he when titty puss wants to play bad he can play terrible because the like, backhand breaks down. It's just so bad. It's just cranky that back, frames yep. and the, like, the slice looks shaky. Sending it off into outer space, like, yeah. <laughs> dude. Like, where'd that ball go? It fe- like, yeah, it's that's that's the facts. Where did that ball go? No, it's the truth. But I thought Rublev's response was hilarious yeah. and spot on. Do you have that? Let's that, play. The, let's, that, that's the let's, best. Let's play the soundbite. If I have few tools or not, if we go shot by shot. I think his backhand is not better than mine. Yes. His forehand is not better than mine. The speed surf is not better than mine. He he's faster and he play much better than it. But if we go shot by shot, that that's is great. I mean, that's one of my favorite sound bites of the season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the tail the the tail of the tape from Andrei Rublev, <laughs> an absolute legend for going for going and just telling it how it is. You have to be a fan of his now. You have to. He gave Sitipas credit. He's 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 better at the net and he's faster. But you know, we go shot by shot. His backhand is not. Be- yeah. I mean, he breaks it down. It's like his speed serve. His speed serve. <laughs> I mean, the speed serve, which we can only uh, imagine, he means the flat serve, which is Rublev's uh, his big one twenty five plus ball. Yeah. And it's, I thought that was amazing drama, and I think there's going to be beef with those guys who have been teammates before um, with with the uh, Labor Cup. It's like yeah. those guys are not going to be the best of friends anymore. It's like. Rublev, like they're they can fake it all they want on TV to for fans to realize, but every matchup that they have from now on in the rest of their career, there's going to be some extra juice. And on I it. just realized I was wrong. Tizipas beat Medvedev too. I did, he like, beat Medvedev, right? right. He, he beat Medvedev. Yeah, he did not. He, he but didn't. He, he didn't have his. He didn't have his. He, he didn't get his. He didn't. I mean, I think that like at the end of the day, like I think there was a lot of pressure on. To like he, he in his mind he was going to finish that week going to be right, world, so world number one. No, yeah, that was you're correct. He did not play uh, Nadal because Nadal lost to right. Fritz and Felix, and he took out Ru- yep. Rude. Yeah, yeah. So no, Sitsipas is wasn't his best week, but you know he he feels the best and he, he thinks he's still, still the best. He's so the best player. So we we, we got to give it to him for for the confidence there. As you know, I'm world number one. No, you're not. That's oh my gosh. <laughs> that, that's that's what tennis needs though. But also. Did you see the video that went viral on our page from Serena, the, the Serena racket yes. throw? Yeah, up to six hundred and fifty thousand views now. 
crazy. It's the comments. I gotta. I might start re- removing some of the comments. It's it's getting kind of <laughs> ugly in the comment section. I mean, uglier than the bearcat girl getting hit with the ball and the that when you were like, "Hey, was this a fair?" Oh <laughs> my gosh! I gotta bring that video back. <laughs> yeah, that was. I need to bring that video back, guys. There's an epic video from last year where the comments got out of control. The comments got one. big out of control there. That that video did over a million. I know that was insane. It got shared by a bunch of. People had everybody had an opinion on that matter. <laughs> I like that because you initially you put that as like, is it is this a fair play? And there's like a bear cat <laughs> dancing in the bottom. <laughs> like people are going crazy on the ball. No, the car. <laughs> dude. So guys, I will repost this video, but it's from the Cincinnati Bearcats. We're playing against Utah. Now I gotta send this to some of the Utah players. He that put I the mascot down in the corner, <laughs> <laughs> doing a little dance. This Bearcat. Uh, player just obliterated a poor Utah Ute with an overhead after a, there was a little bit of dispute on a line call, which is it just created some fun drama. <laughs> but um, one of the segments I wanted to talk about that I feel like has been at the forefront of tennis for a while is the height of tennis, because it seems like for a the l- height meaning like the like the actual physical height of players. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I think yeah. Thanks for because I think for a while and it's still true to some extent for sure. But people thought tennis was just going to be bigger, and every tennis player that was going to hold up a hoist a trophy was going to be a six foot five physical gem. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't seem to be going that way. Like, I mean, I was one of those people that I thought the game was favoring those players as well. But then we went through the finals of the of the slams this year. Rafa took out Medi in at, at the Aussie. Rafa takes out Casper at the French. Novak takes out Kyrgios at Wimbledon. Carlos versus Casper in the final of the U.S. Open. Obviously, Carlos wins. But the winners of all those majors, obviously the big three guys, you have Rafa like 6'2", Novak 6'2", Carlos 6'0". And you have Casper in his third final now at 6' of the year. That's a, I mean, he's got more finals, but I'm talking about the, of his biggest finals. And it's like the big tournaments, the guys that are winning and the guys that are in the finals – it's not these six foot six serve bots that are coming out on top. But that's what it, like for for me, like when people that don't really follow tennis, because I I can be honest, like I wasn't totally following it for a while, mm-hmm. and it was just like all you would hear from everyone, like from Andy Roddick on, was that just like the game's moving to this just big serve, and people can't keep up with these big tall guys because they can just hit down on the ball. And that their serves just dominating the sport, and it's just not true. If you watch the game, I mean, it's yeah. not happening. Like, no, and, Opelka's getting, and Isner's getting. We looked at all the serve stats last week. Yep, he's got more aces than anybody this yep. year, and he's played like half as much as most of these guys. Exactly, and then he's still he's got. So he's he literally has the best serve on tour. Yep, he, and the one outlier, but he's not in the top ten. No, no, the one outlier would be Curios, who I think if he had played a full season. Um, and gotten his points for Wimbledon, which would be interested to see because Kyrgios at six foot six brought the goods almost every time he played this year. Right, it felt like, right. and and did look like, except for the U.S. Open, where I thought he kind of uh, that's a tough matchup, I guess, with Hachinov. But I mean, there's but Medvedev who was kind of fitting that st- that, that stereotype of big servers, six foot six, but he's a grinder. He's though. a grinder though. Like yeah. he doesn't fit that. He's not just trying to tee off on balls. Mm-hmm. He he's maneuvering the ball around the court and trying to kind of outlast these guys from the baseline with variety and changes of pace and direction. And he's not just hitting, just ripping flat ball, cut, like like a Rublev type guy. Right. Like Rublev ha- has more pace per shot than, than those guys, those bigger. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. I think. When Felix, like, like you think, how tall is Felix? Six foot four. Six foot four. So like, maybe there's some argument to like, Taylor Fritz is probably six four, 
six six five, six five. Yeah. Six five. Yep. So like that was a fun matchup. Those guys have like that bomb serve. Too. They do. Felix has got one of the best serve plus ones in the game, and Fritz is not far behind if if he is at all. Yeah, but you said like those. I mean, like I think you said it best too. Is like the, all these guys can take a hundred twenty seven mile per hour serve and drop shot it if they wanted to. Like, just catch it. They just... absorb so much. Like, but yeah, you look at the guys that have really made a massive jump here. Carlos Alcaraz six foot. Casper Ruud six foot. Holger Rune six foot. Yep. I mean JJ Wolf. Cam Nori six foot. Yeah, JJ. There you go. <laughs> JJ Wolf's That's that's generous for JJ. JJ's five eleven. I think he's five eleven. His uh, that JJ. I'm sorry, but you, <laughs> I'm just saying. Like like keep keep eating your green beans. You're gonna get there. But Schwartzman. Schwartzman. He's he's. I'm sorry to say, Schwartzman's done. He's he's done. He took he he owned Sitsi Pass last year. No, it's but I think that's just an interesting thing is because I think when when I saw Holger's rise, just watching him, it's like. It's it's cool to see that yeah. this guy can last with all these massive servers. It's like, and he's he's become one of the better servers himself, yeah. and, he, and he's got one of the best inside out forehands on the tour now. It's like yeah. out of nowhere though. Like we just watched Holger go from when we interviewed him ten months ago. Yeah, what was he one one hundred five, one ten, one fifteen, one hundred three, one hundred three. Okay, I mean one one hundred five. Yeah, and his goal at the top in, in, gen, in January was to be top twenty five. Top twenty five, right in the win in three, three titles. titles. Yep. And we're looking at this guy who's just made the ATP Tour Finals as, as an alternate. When he said that, I laughed. I was like, "Oh, nice!" Is it? it that's crazy because you, you, you just we just didn't we we, we knew he had a, a, a higher ceiling and he had a ton more potential. And I think I remember telling you like, "This guy loves tennis and he loves kind of the pro like all of like the the process of you know putting in the work and yeah. and having results." And that's a dangerous player to have on the tour it's like you just can, and, he, and, he, and he's very open with his work it's like i love i told you back then it's like he's very transparent he's putting out his workouts he's showing his like the coaching he's getting and kind of those interactions on his social channels and i think that's why we saw him go from we interviewed him the guy had like twenty eight thousand followers look at his instagram now 300 plus thousand followers yeah and top so, 10 and top 10 and player first alternate like for this week he's quickly become one of the bigger personalities and more polarizing figures in our on our tour because you know he is more of an outspoken kid. He's cocky. Like, I'll just say it how it is. He's a cocky yeah. and like I don't mind. Media like, likes to jump all over him too. Like, they do. Walrinka said that he was a crybaby. He's like Walrinka's right. a crybaby. Right. <laughs> like I'm sorry. Like I watched that match. Like I did too. Have, no, I, I think Hulk, like he's 19 years old and he's a top 10 tennis player in the world. It's like, you, and tennis players understand this. You have to be kind of cocky. Like. There, you have to be cocky. Like you're competing with. You have to believe legends. that you're going to win. You have to believe that you can beat anybody at, on any surface right. at any time. Yeah. On on one day or zero days it's of recovery. It's the one sport you have to be cocky. I agree. You have to believe that you're going to win one because you're. If you don't, you're going to lose. People are going to be like, "Well, have you listened to Rafa?" I mean, like Rafa is one that's the greatest player of all time. Right. Like, but he's cockier. And and, and, like today, like sorry, I only cut you ahead. off because like Alcaraz. They were talking about Alcaraz being world number one with Spain. Yep. And he's like, I mean, he's like, it was a good year, but I, uh, I'm father, and I, I want to be one. I mean, he was like, not, he was not conceding that no. Alcaraz was better than him. He, well, he never is. He's never, yeah. in fact, like, I'm a, he's never, he's never gonna do that. He's no. never gonna say until he lays his rackets down for good. He's always gonna believe that he's the best player, and right. so is Novak. It's like, and right now, I think it's safe to say Novak Djokovic is the best player in the world. Yeah, and these guys are just you. To be that at that level and to consistently win those matches, you have to believe in 
and t- and talk yourself up in, into that type of playing level, yeah, yeah. playing field. So, so Holger, you're okay to be like you've no, got to believe I, you're going to win. I don't hold it against Holger at all. Like I think it's just that's part of our sport. It's it's a cutthroat. It's a doggy dog world, and you're a 19 year old traveling the globe trying to take these guys out that have families and are they're 15 years older than you. I mean, you're right too because tennis is brutal at every level too. Because the minute you lose, yep. See ya. Yep. Like, okay. Better. Good luck getting that win after you lose. And the fact that Holger came out of the Challenger Tour not that long ago, and he just and he was it was always Carlos. Carlos when, when Carlos made his his run up the ranks, people kind of like forgot about Holger, and then Holger takes him out in Paris. I mean, an epic match there. I thought Carlos tapping out of that match. I know he hasn't played the ATP Tour final. People so. do that to Holger though. Yeah, Yannick Center, yeah. same thing. Same thing. Same thing. It's, it's like, like they won't give you the. W. They not. They don't want to give. It's like a mental thing. They don't want to. They want to act like you never. They, they were. They, they were physically hurt. They couldn't finish the match. Right. It's like you were tapped. You. Yeah. You, you. It's that's so like shout out to Orinka for actually like taking the. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. No, I. I didn't know. I, 100%. He was pissed clearly. He, he it, was so. Well, Orinka had a hell of a tournament that that yeah. week. So he, he played amazing. He, he had a couple of huge wins. But so, Hol- took out Casper Ruud. Yeah, he did. So, but Holger must be. Getting under all these people's skin, for sure, he they is. would feel like they need to do that. Hundred percent, he is, and he, and he, I think it's the whole thing. You know, he's he's the way he. I think the way he spoke to his mom that one time. Yeah, a little creepy. That was that was too much. But then again, I'm like, think about when we when you and I were 19 years old. Would you want somebody in the? In the would you want the whole public yeah, to right. be judging us? Prob- oh God. probably not. Oh, I mean, especially with your emotions, how in the yeah. way I would react to losses. I mean, I was a terrible person. No, so I think that's. I'm all- still terrible when I lose. <laughs> Cry like a baby for we, a week. We got, we got to make sure the young the youngins are going to be the best the best losers ever, the most yeah. gracious losers. Absolutely. <laughs> Whenever that be big, be yeah. big after the ill. So, finishing today's episode, some good news is coming. Sasha Zverev will be back competing after this nasty ankle injury against. Rafa Nadal at the French Open. Awesome for tennis. Yeah. To have, as Rafa just said, when uh, Novak was reinstated to play the the Aussie, it's tennis is best when the best players are available and the fans can appreciate the best talents going up against the, the like the best talents. It's like when you when you have the all these greats, top te, perennial top ten players, our sports just better. And we get Zverev back in the mix coming up soon. I hope he gets healthy for the Aussie Open and can find some form there because. Another guy to get in this mix in the tour right now is loaded. Yeah, I'm looking at the top 20 rank. I'm looking at the top 20 guys right now. It's like you have to be. You have to have. I mean, the fact that Marin Cilic is still top 20 is just incredible. It's amazing. It was Zverev too. Like he's top 15. He's, yeah, he is. He's 12 right now. He's 12. Yeah. Without playing the the back half of this. He was having like he was having a year. He was doing. I mean. I mean he he was he was. He won in Cincinnati. He, he, two yeah, years, I mean, like, yeah, two years. like he was in every tournament. He could have taken out Rafa at French yeah. Open. He was looking. I, I was scared for Rafa in that matchup. Me that's too. that's a tough, tough matchup for for Rafa because Zverev can handle the, the high spin, spinny forehand from Rafa into his backhand. It's not an issue for Zverev. It's six foot six. The dude can pummel the ball from yep. well beyond the baseline. He can take it early. He absorbs pace exceptionally well on that wing. He moves exceptionally well. He's serving in the one thirties. He's got his crazy reach on the on the return of serve. So you really like Rafa loves to slide the ball out wide on the ad court to open up the court, and Zverev does not mind that long reach on the backhand. He the way he can extend both of his hands across his body to get that ball. It's like so to have him coming back. Yannick Center is going to be back and healthy here soon. Yep. Carlos will be back and healthy for the start of the next year. God. It's going to be a Berrettini's 
working himself back into the mix now, and he's still top twenty, even though he had a, an off year for himself. Yeah, Berrettini's going to be a threat. I mean, you got guys like Kyrgios and Tiafo who are just going to continue to keep knocking on the door. And then you got like the guys that are in the twenty to thirty range. They're all nasty. Yeah, those are warriors. They're you got all nasty. Demunar, Korich, Korich, Evans, Korich is a baller. Sarandolo, Dimitrov, Kachmanovich, Batista Agu, Falkina. It's just like good luck, man, uh, out there on the tour. How about Cressy coming up and being the top American, or other than Fritz, obviously? But like at the beginning of the year, like you had Opelka. You had Tiafu, yep. but there? like Cressy coming up out of yes. nowhere, just with that serving volley game. Just... That's crazy. So you got so for the Americans at number nineteen, you have Francis Tiafo. Oh, Tiafu, yeah. Um, well, obviously Fritz is higher than both. Right. Higher. So you have Fritz at number one. But I mean, other than those then you two, got, yeah. Then I you was... have Tiafo. Then you have Cressy at thirty two. I would never have called that. I was thinking no. Corda. I mean, then I... you have Tommy Paul and Corda. Actually, they're all ranked 32, 33, 34. Okay. So, so they're all right. Cress- there. But Cressy's rise has been amazing. And I think he's he's going to be a, a, on the hard courts and the grass courts. That dude's going to be a factor. You're going to have to, you're going to have to problem solve against yeah. his, his, uh, he's going to, he's going to bombard the net. He's, yeah. co- he's coming after you. I, lo- I love watching but him he's play. Throwing in, he's throwing in some backcourt game now, too, which I think he, is. I think well, he should got, always do he's got that. Good strokes. He does. The backhand, in particular, especially on the return of serve, he can, he has so much control yeah. that, uh, on that yeah. shot. It was cool to be when we were in San Diego for the ITA Fall Nationals. I, I kept asking players like who they would compare themselves to, like playing style wise. And I had two people say Maxime Cressy. I don't remember the last time asking these type of questions to younger junior players that an American was mentioned. Yeah, like no one really says that they want to play like Taylor Fritz because you have to be born six foot five and you know what I mean Tiafo. It's like. How can you play like Tiafo? You have to be a freak athlete, and it's like that's not easy. To, but like Cressy, it's like impose your will every point, no matter who it is. No matter who it is, stick to your guns. I mean, we watched him play Djokovic just grinding in the backcourt. It's like I'm staying back on Djokovic. Like that's sick. Like I'm pumped for wow, Cressy too. I didn't realize. I thought Cressy was six five. He's six foot seven. Is he really six so foot seven? The, he's got the so big. That's the part that you can't teach, guys. I'm sorry, we can't give you guys that extra four or five inches that you guys need. But that's a big that's advantage. Six foot seven with that that coverage of the net. So it, it, it makes sense why he, why he plays that way. But so all the Americans are giant. Corda's a giant. Tommy Paul is the one guy Tommy that Paul's I think not. juniors are well, going to start to try to kind of emulate. Yeah, I think Tommy Paul has. And he beat world number one Carlos Alcaraz. He beat Rafa as well this this uh, like a week ago in in Paris. Tommy Paul. He, dude, he's one of the best athletes on the tour. Like it's, what, I'm gonna see what they have him listed. They have him listed at six foot one. I'm gonna say he's five eleven and a half. One seventy. Yeah, maybe. It's a little guy, but packs a punch on every ball. American tennis is on the rise. Yeah, Cord is coming. You got Nakashima's coming. Like yeah. he, Opelka is gonna get healthy again Nakashima here. Nakashima won the futures or the uh, next, next gen. gen. Yeah, no, that was a heck. Of a, we didn't really give him his uh, flowers for that. Yeah, that was a great. Play. Nakashima played his butt off in that event and. Beat Jack Draper. Beat, beat, yeah. Beat everybody. He didn't, lose, he didn't lose a match. No. So Nakashima's, what he's been able to do with his just fixing up the serve a little bit and then the forehand, cleaning up that forehand wing, just because his backhand's always been exceptional, but the forehand now coming around to being yeah. a weapon and he's able to dictate and and really move around and he's looking for that forehand more, he's going to be in the top 40, top 35 here sooner than later. So it's, and then right after him at 49 is Jensen Brooksby, who pretty crazy with. I mean, That's what we've been talking Brooksby, about. like yeah. he he really doesn't play clay court tennis very well, hasn't shown any goods on the grass, so he's basically playing hardcore events only. Yeah, still finds himself in the top fifty in the world. 
that's great American tennis, man. So in the off, once the offseason starts, we will dive back into American tennis and kind of where we stand on everybody and wh- wh- what the temperature of the room is. But can't wait for the today's final. It's going to be an epic one. One o'clock. Give me your scoring prediction. I'm saying Djokovic in straights. Give me all right. I got Novak. Are we doing game by game? Give me Novak six three, seven six. Yeah, I was gonna say something like six four six four. I'll go six four six four. Djokovic two breaks. But Casper, I feel like I ha- I hate underest like I hate not giving him That's his thing. Like, it's like I- I've never picked him to win one of these finals because and he hasn't done it yet, so I haven't. It hasn't made us look bad yet. But it's it's crazy that he still feels like he's underrated given how yeah. much success he's had. Yeah, if it was anyone else in the final against Casper, I would probably take Casper just for this week. But if it's since it's Djokovic, I'm just I just don't see him losing. I love it. This is his this is his like slam where he's actually going to get points. My, <laughs> since he didn't get any from Wimbledon. That's yeah. Cuz there's no points for Wimbledon this year. Also, the fact that Yo- this is just a random nugget that I just have to toss out there. The fact that Yoshi Nishioka at 5 foot 5 is number 36 in the world after Going all up to around 100, and he's playing a challenger, and I believe he played Columbus's challenger this past year, and then he went on that tear where he, uh, in DC, I believe is where he had a ton of success, and he went to the either semis or something. Maybe he, what did he do? Hold on, did he win? He, he won a title this year. What did he win this year? Hold on, Nishioka. Yeah, he did. He win? Was it DC? Was it? No. No, he won Seoul. Seoul. So he won Seoul. The fact that he's in the top 40 at with at five foot five with, I mean, it just tells you how good of a ball striker and how good of a tennis player he is i mean if you haven't watched him you get a chance to please do it five foot five five foot six guy that has everything you could possibly have at that height yeah anyway do we have to sell the shoes good call good call shout out to tennis point who has made all this possible for us for me and you to come on here and talk tennis with our with our uh we've got a strong contingency now we had it last week was our most listened to podcast but we've been downloaded in every state except for four and then we've been downloaded in 43 different countries that to me, like guys, I I know we're laughing about it, but like we, I, I honestly, I don't know. It, it makes me feel some type of way because I know how hard you and I work to stay up in tune with all this stuff, how much we've kind of planned this stuff out and come in here bright and early in the morning before we kind of get our day started. And no, it, to me, it's like I've, I'm a very appreciative of it, and I, I think we're going to take this podcast to uh, continue to take it to hopefully bigger and newer heights because I think the passion that we have for the sport and to kind of grow this game is is unmatched. I know there's other people doing the same thing, but we got something special here. I think you guys help us kind of continue to do what we do. And when we see those numbers, it it gives us more motivation to keep getting on here and keep doing what we do. And we're going to continue to bring you guys the goods, hopefully. But shout to Tennis Point, guys. Our top shoes of 2022 reviews will be released here shortly. Just recorded those. It was snowing when we went outside to record those because I just hate recording videos inside for tennis. And it was snowing out there, but we did it. And I'm like... I'm going to be super happy with how this turns out. We had the drone out there, had had our guys from the 4x3 team shooting it. Men and women's top five shoes are coming. Be sure to check out our YouTube page, Tennis Point USA. Top 10 rackets is already out. Video is doing really well. I think people are just getting awesome feedback on kind of what – we've got a new format and stuff. So we want to make this fun for you guys. If you have any comments, have any ideas, suggestions, questions, let us know. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube page. And we will talk to you guys soon. Peace.